Good morning. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I am Will Brinson. Hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day. I am joined, we're recording this on a Sunday night, full disclosure as you probably know, joined by Ryan Wilson, longtime podcast pal of mine. What's up, Ryan? Uh, where was I on the list of people that you had to ask? Number one. How far, how far down the list did you get before you had to get to me? I got, let, me tell you, let me put you this way. I got a text at 4.20 p.m. on Sunday <laughs> saying, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> so I'm assuming I wasn't at the top of uh, your uh, all right. what most wanted guest list. No, you were the first. You were. I just procrastinated. Glad to know. Yeah. Uh, I procrastinated, I but you were the number one choice. I, you were the only person I texted. I was the uh, Miles Garrett uh, of the 2017 draft podcast. You're my Eric Fisher. <laughs> That's way more accurate. Um, I'll take it. What did you? What did you? What do you do for Mother's Day? Uh, uh, my wife insists on a card, and by card I mean handwritten card. So that's actually more work than going to Target and buying one. Sure. So as often happens, I write it the night before around eleven thirty p.m. But this year, my kids, uh, eleven and six, are old enough that that she requested they do her cards, give her cards as well, and they did much better jobs than I did. Um, my eleven-year-old. Did not burn down the house this morning. He got it before we did to, to make my wife breakfast, which I thought was extremely wow. nice. But he burnt. Do you get? Do you, does Robbie like corn toasties? You know corn toasties. Uh, I don't know corn toasties, but Robbie, it's is, like Robbie it's like cornbread in the shape of like a hamburger patty. But okay. it's cornbread. Right, it's cool. awesome. You put butter on it, it's fantastic. So he put butter on it and stuffed it in the microwave, and corn burns in the microwave pretty quickly. So yeah. he burnt that. And his uh, plan B was uh, to get some tortilla chips and put butter on them. <laughs> And that was the breakfast. So a glass of water and some burnt tortilla chips and butter. <laughs> that guy awful. is uh, never gonna have a girlfriend. No, no, he's certainly not. Um, I feel I'm getting some bad marks for mine. I sort of screwed the pooch on the flower situation. Uh, didn't didn't get any. In that you didn't get any. Yeah, it, it was a lot. Like I meant to get them on Saturday, but then I, I couldn't leave the house for a little while on Saturday, and my then I went to the grocery store with my brother who was coming over to cook out. AK they was do sell flowers at the grocery store, by the way. I know, I know, I know. But we were, we, I was, get, we were in a hurry to get back before AK was coming in from out of town. And um, oh, you had the whole weekend to get this while she was gone. and You still didn't do it. Yeah, like I said, screw the pooch. Um, I did get her cards, and Robbie signed one of the cards. It was a cute card, and I got her a card. And but then it was like, I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna go. And then, then we did. I get maybe some eggs Benedict. She she got to go get a pedicure, and uh, um, while I was while I took Robbie to T ball. Today and and I mean, how's your uh, eggs Benedict game? It's strong. She was a little. She wanted it to be like ready when she came walking back from yeah. s- Sunday school, and um, I was I was trying to time it, and it just wasn't ready. And so, uh, I I, I, be- I think I get below average marks for this for this Mother's Day. That's fine. Um, for you, <laughs> that's yeah. I I don't. Know, I feel a little bad. It's okay. We'll move on. We'll live. Uh, I am. By the way, I am drinking a. New Hop Distortion from Firestone Walker out of, uh, I think, out of Arizona or California. It's good yep. stuff. If you can check that out, you should. It looks like you've got a gallon and a half of uh, what I believe is Yellowtail there. No. Uh, it's uh, Menage a Trois. Have you ever had that? I, I, I've never had. No, I have not. It's Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> My wife bought it. I think it, she, she had one of her little girlfriend get-togethers uh, last weekend, and that's mm. left over. It's not bad. It's, a, it's an upgrade from Yelltail. I'll put it at that. I don't hey, know no. where it's from, but it's, it's good. Certainly, no, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's not I've garbage. Had it before. Uh, all right, so let's get to the NFL talk. 
the uh, you know, here's what we're gonna do today. Sorry, by the way, uh, somebody wrote that they're mad that I was begging for reviews. Fine, I won't beg for reviews. I'll ask politely. If you want to review this podcast or rate it on iTunes, that's great. We appreciate it. Follow me at Will Brinson on Twitter. Ryan at Ryan Wilson underscore oh seven on Twitter. The podcast is at Pick Six Pod, and uh, we're gonna do. We're just there's no news. I'm not to be honest. I'm not gonna BS you. There's nothing. There's nothing going on at the freaking. The NFL. news was that you failed at Mother's Day. Yeah, that was the news. That's the number one headline. Brinson fails, Brinson, colon, fails at Mother's Day. Uh, so instead, we're going to do over-under for quarterback starts. The rookies taken in the first round. There are five of them. The Vegas has those odds out. These are actual odds. We'll run through those. And then we're going to do some buy or sell on some uh, topical things happening around the NFL right now. But first, the over-under for the starts. Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick, over or under Ryan Wilson, nine and a half starts Game started next year. I feel like Vegas nailed it with nine and a half, but I'll go uh, like the Browns. I'm, I'm going to go uh, all in in 2018. I'm going to say over for Baker. Mm. Tyrod Taylor, we know who he is. Um, he is worth about three or four starts. I feel like we're going to have the same conversation with Tyrod and Baker that we had in 2014 with, I don't even know who the starter was, with Brian Hoyer, I think. Brian Hoyer and, and Johnny, Johnny Football. Yeah. And we, were, we went through the schedule and we said, um, I'm recalling off the top of my head here. I think week five they may have had their bye. We said through the first four weeks they're going to let Hoyer get destroyed. <laughs> By the bye week they're going to be 0-4, and they're going to say, okay, uh, what do we have to lose? Uh, this team is much better than that team in 2014. And Tyrod, I feel like if Tyrod goes 2-2, two and two, you're a 500 team, and that's great for Cleveland. But if you have a chance to be better than that right now, what's the wait? He's had he being Baker by that point have a month in uh, of actual regular season football and then training camp and all that came before it. I feel like uh, nine and a half. I'm going over. That's a good. I, I like where Vegas has that, that those odds, but I, I like the over. I I agree with you. I like the over too because I think unless time now the 2014 Browns is actually a great comparison because um, Brian Hoyer ended up starting 13 total games and you got uh, how they start the first four games because I don't think they, they didn't go on four for sure. No no no. Remember no. Remember people people forget this, but the, that team was seven and four. Oh, that was a team. They were in first place in November. Yeah, they were seven and four against the Falcons. I believe, and they beat the Falcons. But the Falcons game is where Alex Mack broke his leg. And when Alex Mack broke his leg, the rushing game disappeared. They lost the final five games down the stretch, finished 7-9. and nine. Manziel started a couple games. Um, I think they got one start from Connor Shaw. Maybe, maybe Hoyer got hurt. But the, the larger point is that unless this – and this team was they, – they 0-1, 1-1, 1-2, week four bye, which is brutal – and then they only lost two more games between then and week 12. So they were seven and four. They, Hoyer just kept finding these ways to win, almost in like a, a, a blue collar Timmy Tebow. They destroyed the Steelers in Cleveland. I remember that game very vividly. That's right. 31 to 10 against the Steelers in that game. Golly. How, they, they lost in Jacksonville somehow to a terrible Jaguars team. Thrashed the Bengals 24 to three. They were a good team. And, but I think that if, if they, if they play like that and they're five and three, six and three, whatever it is with Tyrod Taylor, then Brian Hoyer, I mean, then, then, uh, Baker Mayfield's going to start two or three games. But if they come out of the gates and they're one and five, then you're going to see him start the rest of the, rest of the Does season. anyone right now think that Baker Mayfield is less of a player than Johnny Manziel was four years ago today? No, I think Baker Mayfield is substantially more prepared to be the starter in Cleveland than Johnny Mantell. Yeah, there were never any questions about his, you know, the food truck incident. But, I mean, that's peanuts yeah. compared to what Manziel ended up doing. And I feel like on the field, 
or as dynamic as uh, Johnny Football was, I feel like Baker Mayfield is much more consistent. Maybe not as many acrobatic, crazy sort of oh my god plays, but play in and play out, he was a much better player than Johnny Football, and seems much more capable of starting immediately as compared to uh, Manziel four years. Oh, I, d- I did these over unders on CBS Sports HQ, and I took the over on that one. It's interesting when you look at the games though. So you have the Steelers in Week One, at the Saints in Week Two, Jets at home in Week Three, at the Raiders in Week Four. That could easily be one and three, assuming they lose to the Steelers in Week One, and then they get the Ravens at home and the Chargers at home. If they're one and five at that point in time, and they're going at Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield's in for the rest of the season. And don't forget, people hated Tyrod Taylor for as you know steady as she goes as his football game is. People hated him in Buffalo because he was so boring. That's correct. Now he's not going to bring excitement to that offense. If they are through six weeks, if they play four home games and two road games, and you expect them to lose those two road games at the Saints, at the Raiders, if they play those four home games and two road games and they're three and three or better, then I think Tyrod Tyrod's going to get the the runway until they're efficiently out of effectively out of the playoffs. I'm going to go ahead and call. It. They're going to win that game in Oakland. Mm. I just I think Oakland's going to be terrible. I like how down you are on the on the Oakland Raiders. All right, Sam Darnold. Five and a half games started in 2018. Uh, again, very good, Vegas. Uh, I'm going with the under for a couple of reasons. Wow. Uh, you cannot kill Josh McCown. He's 37, and uh, you know, in Earth years, who knows how long he's been around in terms of the universe. <laughs> uh, and we don't know what Teddy Bridgewater is going to do. There's some conversation that he could actually get cut in training camp if he doesn't look to be healthy. But he played. Uh, he got on the field last year, right? Didn't he get on the field for like a play or two? No, but he was ready to play, and then he was. And he was working out. He came back for practice, and he was, you know, he would dress as the number two or three or whatever it was a few weeks. So I feel like he's not any less healthy than he was then, unless he's had a setback we don't know about. Uh, I'm going to wager that the, the three of them make the team. Uh, Hackenberg, <laughs> Hackenberg gets moved to safety, and uh, they get some some depth there. But but I feel like McCown, you can't kill him. So I feel like he's going to be the guy. There's really is no rush with Darnold. Uh, Todd Bowles may feel otherwise because of his job uh, situation. But um, what happens if Teddy Bridgewater just goes crazy in camp? Then what? I mean, that's one more mm. reason not to rush Darnold. Um, I mean, that's a big if. But but I feel like those two factors. I'm fine with going under on the five and a half. And, and worth noting too, like Baker Mayfield is 23, so he's older. So you've got, you know, you've got a quarterback who, if you don't get, if you don't get something out of him in year one, by the time he's really starting, you're, he's getting around to 25, and that's kind of older. Darnold is 20. And that's a, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of difference. I think too, with the Jets, they start at the Lions, Dolphins at home, at the Browns, and at the Jaguars. It's not inconceivable with three of their first four games on the road that they managed to go two and two. They were a fast starting team last year, surprised the people out of the gate. Todd Bowles has been a good coach. They could beat the they could beat the Browns in Cleveland and beat the Dolphins at home, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And if that happens and they're two and two and then they get the Broncos, Colts, and Vikings at home, and suddenly you're four and three at Bears, at Dolphins, at Bills at home and you I mean, steal one or two of those, and you're right at 500 going to the bye. Then maybe after the bye, you consider starting Sam Darnold. Now, it's entirely possible that Josh McCown gets hurt in, in week four, week one in the preseason, and, and then Sam Darnold starts 16 games. I personally would take the over on that because I don't think that the Jets will be competitive enough to make them um, stay away from Sam Darnold. And there's pressure to play Darnold. Like, the, the so wait, t- let's see. Last year there was um... – Trubisky, there was Patrick uh, Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Watson. Yeah, who else? Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes didn't play. Mahomes Are those only three first rounders? Mm-hmm. 
Right. So Deshaun Watson came in the first half of the first game <laughs> after we all realized that Tom Savage is garbage. Uh, no offense to Savage if he's listening to this, but then he got hurt, but he would have started a lot of games. And, um, uh, Trubisky came in probably week four, week five, I feel like after, uh, your yes. boy Mike Lennon beat, beat the Steelers. <laughs> that didn't impress them. And, and so there's a track record, a recent track record of young guys getting a lot of playing time. Jared Goff was, didn't get in there early because Jeff Fisher was terrible at his job. Carson Wentz did. They traded, um, Sam Bradford and then oh, a week later in mid August, he was the starting quarterback. So, I mean, five and a half, five and a half seems reasonable. I just wonder if Bridgewater can sort of get hot, what that means. And you're on this Bridgewater thing. I know. But I think McCown, you know, he did get hurt in Cleveland to to sort of pave the way for uh, two years ago, I think, for Cody Kessler (laughs) to go 0-8. But Uh, um, Deshaun Watson got six starts last year, seven games total, and he would have started a lot more had he not gotten hurt. And then Trubisky got 12, and Mahomes got one. Right. And now Mahomes is the numero uno. That's right. And and that was a different situation, too. See, to me, there is some similarities with, uh, Tyrod Taylor in that regard, where it's like, look, yeah, Alex Smith and Tyrod Taylor ain't Alex Smith, right? But I mean, Tyrod Taylor is supposed to be the guy for 16 games, but they could totally go away from him. I, I don't know. Let me I'd... put it to you this way: How many games did the Browns win with Tyrod Taylor in 2018? 16 games he starts. Um, uh, eight and eight. What? That's insane. I was going to say that the next part was going to be okay. How many games did we win with Alex Smith starting 16 games? That Six, goes 16 and 0. I guess 16 and 0. That's right. <laughs> but he's better is my point. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, all right, Josh Allen. This one is com- confusing to me, but maybe not. I mean, ten and a half games started for the Buffalo Bills. I guess the logic here is that when you look at Buffalo's depth chart, they might just have to start Josh Allen and take their lumps. I mean, that's super disrespectful to A.J. McCarron and his back tattoo. It certainly uh, is. And and Nathan Peterman, part-time, no, part-time NFL editor, part-time NFL quarterback. The guy threw six interceptions in 30 minutes of football. I mean, <laughs> he sure did. I think he should be upset that it's only 10 and a half games. He should be like, well, shouldn't it be more like 15 or 15 and a half? <laughs> um, man, the thing is, I live three hours from Buffalo. I want, it's a, it's a area that needs some good news and, and I want that team to, to do well. Sean McDermott, as you may have heard, went to William Mary with me. So there are a lot of reasons that I want Buffalo to do well. And that Josh Allen pick trading up. From 21 to 12 early on in the spring, and then from 12 to 7 to get Josh Allen just makes zero sense. And you know what? I feel like if he gets an opportunity to start 10 and a half games, they're going to pull the plug by five or six games in. Just be, They're going to like, this guy, okay, we made a huge mistake. <laughs> Almost bigger than Nathan Peterman type mistake. Um, I would start A.J. McCarron just for, you know, if we're having meetings internally, say, so oh, let's give this guy four games, see what happens. I don't have to tell the media that. Because he was okay as a replacement for Dalton a few years ago. And Josh Allen, of all the guys who were drafted, perhaps in the entire draft, just around one through seven at in quarterback. In the history he, of drafts. <laughs> he might be the least prepared. He has a lot of work to do. He was terrible at Wyoming. Wyoming, and I mean, you can make the case that he made one or two great throws. He completed 56% of his passes. Ten and a half just sounds like, all right, let's throw him out there and see what happens. And that's definitely regressing on last year's nine and seven record and making the playoffs for the first time since 1999. So, uh, I'm going under just because common sense says so, but you know, the Bills have done crazier things. No, I agree with you completely. I don't understand why it's that high. Look, you can't put here. Let's this is right now. This is May 13th. There's a lot of time left until the season starts. Here's the guys who would be around Josh Allen. His offensive line would be. Uh, either Deion Dawkins or Marshall Newhouse at left tackle. 
John Miller or Adam Redmond at left guard, Russell Bodine at center, Vladimir Dukasi or Wyatt Teller. Dukas, yeah, yeah. Disrespectful you are. <laughs> yeah. Vladimir Dukas. Former or, jet bus. Or Wyatt Teller, a, a 2018 fifth-round pick at right guard, and then Jordan Mills, Connor McDermott at right tackle. This is a disastrous offensive what line. And the And the skill position, guys, you have LaShawn McCoy, who's a very good running back there, but you, they signed Chris Ivory and to replace uh, uh, Mike Tolbert. So they got that going for him. And then their wide receivers are Zay Jones, Kelvin Benjamin, Brandon Riley, Andre Holmes, Kalen Clay, and Jeremy Curley. How is this, I mean, how is that, how is that an upgrade over Wyoming when you factor in Josh Allen right. having to play against NFL defenses? Charles Clay is probably their best pass catcher. Uh, most consistent anyway. Kelvin, actually it's, it's, um, uh, what's his name? The running back. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, yeah. And, and then Charles Clay is probably second. Uh, we know that uh, Kelvin Benjamin's had some injury issues, and Zay Jones had some off-field stuff happen a few weeks ago, and he's only in his second year. So there are plenty of questions. And part of the reason that people were like the, the sort of um, Tyra Taylor supporters were like, okay, give this guy a chance, is that he was throwing to cardboard cutouts. So he's a lot more accurate than what I imagine Josh Allen is going to magically yeah. become as an NFL quarterback after being – you know, completing half his passes at Wyoming. It's just a recipe for disaster, it feels like, whether he starts two games or, or ten and a half. And, and I wonder, once he gets in in the reg, in, in the, in the um, spring uh, spring train, train camp games in, in the preseason, he probably won't play till the fourth quarter of the first game, so we won't really know much there. But by week three, I would imagine he's get, he gets a lot more looks, and we'll get a true indication of how horrible he really is. And they'll probably have to, uh, at Vegas anyway, may come down on that ten and a half because that just seems. I mean, you're going to win two games. Here's the here's the other thing. Their schedule. I don't know how much you've looked at it. It is brutal. The Bills get week one at the Ravens, week two Chargers at home, week three at the Vikings, week four at the Packers, week five Titans at home, week six at the Tex- Texans, week seven at the Colts, week eight Patriots. I mean, best case, they have three wins in that. That would be, that's a miracle if they have three wins in that stretch. You you win. And week one, beat the Texans, which are actually probably going to be really good and beat the Colts. Yeah. Best case. I mean, that's when back to back, Josh Allen or AJ McCarron is going to go win back to back road games in the NFL. (laughs) And then they close with, they have the Bears and the Jets going into their bye, and then they get the Jaguars, Dolphins, Jets, Lions, Patriots, Dolphins on the backside. So I think to me, if, if I'm the, if I am the, the Bills, I'm playing, I'm pulling, I'm going like the Bears did with Glennon. And I'm going to go, the earliest I'll pull the trigger on Josh Allen is week, after week four at Green Bay. So like maybe you start in week five if you're 0 and 4. But you could also do it week nine against the Bears at home, knowing you have two games, then a bye week, and then you got five, six games after it to kind of see how he looks. I, I just can't imagine starting him against Baltimore. Los Angeles and Minnesota out of the gates. He will get slaughtered in those three games with that offensive line. So somebody's getting hurt. I should say because on um, when we talked after the draft, I was whinging about how all these sort of mock draft Twitter experts were getting mad about the Steelers taking uh, Terrell Edmonds in the first round because they didn't see that coming. Is there any chance we didn't see what the Bills see in Josh Allen? Were there other other NFL teams that were they were in love with this guy as a top ten pick? Do you think there's would, would anyone else take him in the top ten picks? Here, did the, my my concern is that he 
because remember Cam Newton when Cam Newton went first overall and didn't have yeah. wasn't very accurate. Clearly, much more athletic than than Josh Allen, but you know, not accurate. People didn't think he'd be able to step in right away. And Cam broke, broke the single game rookie passing record his first game with Mike Shula as his offensive. No, no, Rob Chajinski was his offensive coordinator then. But and he did it without a, a training camp because that's when they signed the CBA late. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and he he looked terrible in the preseason. So. I do worry that we're going to overrate everything and he's going to get in there and light it up, but I just, there's no way they can start him out of the gate with that schedule. What about Josh Rosen? Eight and a half starts. Over. And I'm going to tell you why. Two words, Sam Bradford. <laughs> I actually liked it when they, I liked it when they signed Sam Bradford to a one year deal because they needed a quarterback after Carson Palmer retired. But we know he gets injured if you breathe on him too heavy. So I, I feel like he's a nice backup plan for when that will happen because it will happen. And uh, Josh Allen, uh, Josh Allen, Josh uh, Rosen seems like the most NFL ready of the group, just sort of the eyeball test based on what we watched and, and sort of what we heard through the pre-draft process. And um, once they drafted him, actually once they signed Sam Bradford, and that was reinforced once they drafted Rosen, it convinced me that not only did the Cardinals have a chance to, to make some waves in the, in the NFC, but they were no longer guaranteed to be the worst team in that division, which now falls solely to the Seattle Seahawks. So I feel like Rosen – is ready. He has a chip on his shoulder, which doesn't always work out for quarterbacks when they sort of act angry about their their, their sort of fate. But uh, it worked out for Aaron Rodgers. He's still angry uh, 13 years after he was drafted uh, in the 20s and sat in the green room, uh, you know, for eight hours or whatever it was. So I feel like uh, he'll get his chance because Sam Bradford can't stay healthy. And when he does, he has some playmakers around him. Um, David Johnson's coming back, so that that's a huge deal. Uh, Larry Fitz is coming back for probably his last year. Their defense is really good, and uh, he won't have to do the heavy lifting. And I feel like this could be like a smooth transi- transition, maybe the smoothest uh, of the quarterbacks we're talking about. Yeah, I like the over there too. And when you look at the schedule, three of their first three of their first four games are at home: Redskins at home, at the Rams, Bears at home, Seahawks at home. Now, those are not easy defenses, but those are pretty good matchups at home. The Rams are tough on the road. That's sort of, if you're going to start a rookie quarterback out of the gates, that's how you'd like to ease him in and try to get him going. I wouldn't be surprised if they let Josh Rosen win that training camp battle. But on the other hand, if, if, if Bradford is clearly better, I think they'll let Bradford play and hope that Bradford can come out and, and go three and one or, you know, four and oh or even two and two in those games. And then suddenly people are, people who are doubting the Cardinals, um, you know, they have a shot with Bradford there knowing if Bradford gets hurt, Josh Rosen is available to come in and play. How about any concerns about uh, sorry no, real quick before any concerns about Bradford pouting like he did when they drafted Carson Wentz? Um, no, I think he'll just deal with it. He got twenty million plus yeah. game started. Uh, Mike Glennon might be the guy to take the over on in those games because Josh Rosen gets injured too. Lamar Jackson point five starts. All he's got to do is start one game. You over under. I don't even understand why it's point five. I mean, the conversation pretty much from the second he was drafted was okay. When is Flacco going to get benched? Uh, will this be a wake-up call for Flacco? And people have sort of compared it to the uh, their AFC North rivals, the Steelers, with Mason Rudolph and Ben Roethlisberger. But the difference is Roethlisberger hasn't played terribly since 2012, which is when uh, Flacco basically put the Ravens on his back to win the, the Super Bowl and get that new contract. He's uh, on the books for $26 million this year, I believe, and 26 again next year. And he's playing like a guy, you know, who's a, who, he play, he's playing way worse than Blake Bortles, I feel like. I feel like if he had been in, in Jacksonville last year, the Jaguars aren't making the playoffs. That's how terribly he's played. So I think – He's been bad. And our buddy Jason Lockaport wrote about this on Friday. He said that Jackson uh, has said that Flacco has uh, intentionally ignored him 
during their brief interactions. I don't know if they've had their um, rookie minicamps or if the, the veterans and the rookies are mingling, but there have been no words spoken between them. And apparently has everything to do with Flacco. He's, he has not played well. You can blame Marty Morningwig. You can blame the fact that he doesn't have any wide receivers. But at the end of the day, it stops with the quarterback who's making $26 million, or is on the books for $26 million in terms of the salary cap. I feel like it's going to be way over. I feel like he could start eight games. And I think they're going to try to work him in a few series a, a, a game. Um, he does. He's playing quarterback. We know that. He's not going to be Cordell Stewart and line up at wide receiver and all the other stuff. He's going to have some some series solely as a quarterback, I feel like. But he is so dynamic and so completely different than what Flacco brings that he's going to create a lot of problems for off, uh, for other defenses. And when that becomes clear to the Ravens, I think that's going to be the end for Flacco. And that could be as soon as, I feel like, you know, before Halloween. Wow. You are all out on Flacco. I like it. Flacco stinks. Um, Wait a second. Uh, is Flacco elite in your mind? No, Flacco is terrible. But, I mean, you know. <laughs> Just, I got you. They got a good setup, though. Bills week one should be a win. At the Bengals, they can win that clearly. Broncos at home, they could win that game easily. And then at Steelers, at Browns, at Titans. Not the, I mean, three road games, four road games in your first six is brutal, but – you can win at the Browns. You could hang with the Titans. Steelers will be, be a, Steelers. yeah, they'll be be the Steelers. yeah, sure, they'll be a close game. Exactly. So, um, I think that they would need to lose their week. Their buys week ten. If they were four and six going to the buy, it's Lamar Jackson time, right? What if they're six and four and Flacco is throwing for 140 yards a game and completing 55 percent of his passes like he's Josh Allen? Mm. But they're would, six and four because their defense is dominating. They'll stick with Flacco then. If the defense is dominating, you say, okay, this is the perfect time to do it. Mm. Alex Collins had a great year last year. I feel like he'll probably be good this year. There's no reason to think he won't be. And you, I mean, Flacco's not going to be on that team in 2019, is he? No. <laughs> no, no, he's not. He's not. That was the saddest no ever. No, no he's not. not. I mean, Lockin' Four even already reported that, that no, he is not. I mean, so. Yeah, so, I mean, you can play. I mean, look, you don't have to rush with Lamar Jackson, but if you feel good and late October, early November, that it's time he can handle it. I mean, there's no downside. Right, that's fair. All right, buy or sell time. Speaking of the Ravens and the Steelers, buy or sell that Big Ben and Joe Flacco will be good mentors for <laughs> Mason Rudolph <laughs> and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that ain't, that ain't happened. That ship is sell for both those guys. In uh, fact, I, I would imagine Joe Flacco's, Joe Flacco's texting Big Ben more than he's texting Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Commiserating about being old. Uh, so yeah, Big Ben said after our last week, after they drafted Mason Rudolph in the third round, Kevin Culper, the GM, said they had a first round grade on him. And Big Ben said, I don't know why they drafted him because I'm number one, I'm playing three to five more years. And then he goes, unless I just play one more year. And Did he then, say that? Uh, Wait, no, he didn't say that. <laughs> he insinuated I had the right to, to go on a year to year basis based on my health, which is basically saying, yes, I can go. He also after. said, he also said he was like, well, why did they draft Josh Dobbs then? Like, was he, said a waste that? he said, what does this mean for the guys already in the room? What does this mean for Landry? Landry's in last year of his deal, so who knows if Landry Jones will be back. He's been a very good you know, backup quarterback. And he also said uh, he's not going to – I think we could have gotten more with that third-round pick to help us immediately, which is a fair point. They needed inside sure. linebacker. They, they, they passed on Malik Jackson, um, Malik Jefferson out of Texas to take um, Mason Rudolph. But uh, it came out on Friday after the, the Steelers had their first day of rookie OTAs, rookie minicamp. Mason Rudolph said that Ben had actually texted him and said, good luck, and we'll talk later, which is more than what uh, it sounds like Lamar Jackson said that he and Joe Flacco shared over, over Twitter or MyFace or Snapchat. So, uh, no, I don't think it's a quarterback's role as a veteran to be a mentor. 
Um, we certainly know that Brett Favre didn't do it. Tom Brady doesn't do it. Um, you know, your job's when football games are competitive. I get that. But I feel like Joe Flacco's feeling the heat a lot more than Ben Roethlisberger. Well, the, the Flacco thing to me, here's, here's my deal. Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback who is not going to be benched this year or next year or in 2020 for Mason Rudolph right. out of the blue. And he's not going to get cut after this year for Mason Rudolph. So he's being kind of a B about it. Like he's, yeah. he's being, he's being, he's being a softy about it. He needs to grow up and welcome the guy in. I mean, he didn't have, he didn't have to say, Oh man, Mason, I can't wait till you take my banner as the next Steelers quarterback. Just, but welcome him in and say, great to have you. He's, he's acting like Terry Bradshaw acted towards him. Like, and they, they didn't play together, but Terry Bradshaw has always been a jerk to Ben. The Flacco. When he started breaking his records. Terry wasn't happy about it. Yeah. I mean, the Flacco thing I kind of understand because the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson the first round without telling Joe Flacco anything was coming. They don't need to tell I Joe don't Flacco. Think they Joe need Flacco to... needs to quit playing terrible football. Yeah, of course. Joe Flacco stinks. But, I mean, and Flacco's not going to the Hall of Fame. Flacco's, you know, not a – He can buy a ticket. <laughs> he, can, he can do it. He's got a lot of money. He's made a lot of money thanks to his uh, his Super Bowl run. But Joe Flacco's not going to go down as – actually, he might go down as the greatest Ravens quarter, franchise quarterback. But that's uh, Trent Dilfer would like a word. <laughs> that's more about the Ravens than about Joe Flacco. My, my point is that – Big Ben's place in Steelers like lore is not going to be damaged at all by Mason Rudolph, whereas Joe no. Flacco is going to end up looking like a a, a, a chortle because <laughs> you know Lamar Jackson takes his job two weeks into the year. So I right. get I get why Flacco's angry and doesn't want to mentor him. I still think you do the big boy thing and 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 welcome him in the same way Alex Smith did to Patrick Mahomes, even though that was happening and he was getting booted out of KC and everyone knew it. Um, the uh, to be fair, Alex Smith had practice in San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> That's true, and he'd yeah. seen this movie before, and, and and probably thought it was going to happen this year too if he went if he went to Cleveland. Right. Um, so yeah, if I'm Big Ben, Big Ben's got to grow up. He's got to deal with the fact that the Steelers are tired of listening to him whine about retiring every year. Yeah, you can't come out and say I'm going to play till I'm forty now. Like get out of here, man! Come on, get. Well, you're 36. You look like you're 76. Yeah, yeah. And should be in a wheelchair. Yeah. Settle down. And like you said, he's talking about playing year to year. Big Ben. Bottom line, Big Ben needs to grow up. So I'm selling them as mentors too. Uh, buy or sell Tavon Austin getting a dozen or two dozen carries. Ryan, this is an actual the the quote from Stephen Jones about Tavon Austin is I don't want to speak for Jason Garrett, obviously, but I think we're going to get him the ball a dozen to 20, two dozen times per game, and then you throw the return game on top of it. I think it's somebody we can really utilize. I think it's real important to us in terms of having some juice to our offense that we keep the defenses honest in terms of trying to come up and stack on Zeke and try to suffocate us, if you will. That's Stephen Jones explaining that he wants Tavon Austin to get the ball a dozen to 20 to two dozen times per game. When you first told me the 24 times, uh, I thought you meant per season, and I was still going under. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, there's a reason the Rams sold, couldn't get rid of this guy fast enough. I don't know why they gave him that contract the last time they gave him a contract. He's always been terrible. It's unclear why exactly he's, he's terrible. He was fantastic. He was he went to West Virginia, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome at West Virginia. And I remember the Steelers sort of kicking the tires on him when, when he was uh, in the draft and thinking different ways they could use him. And I feel like – there are very few sort of small players in this day and age that can dominate. I mean, Julian Edelman is sort of like the the the, the high water mark. And then um, who's the guy they just traded to the Rams? Uh, uh, you mean to the Raiders, Ryan Switzer? No, no, no. The the Patriots traded him to the Rams. Oh, Brandon Cooks. 
yeah, Brandon Cooks is like maybe second on that list. It, there aren't very many smallish guys who sort of dominate. And Tavon Austin is at the very bottom of that list. You can give him the ball as many times as you want. I mean, you can give him the ball 60 times a game if you want, and you know what's going to happen. He's going to average a half a yard to carry, drop a couple of passes. And I love that Stephen Jones is talking about the, the return game, the return game that the NFL is trying to get rid of. So he'll come in really handy when he's just standing back there doing fair catches. So if you gave Tavon Austin the ball, excuse me, 18 times per game, that's keeping it on the low side of what Steven Jackson is talking about. That would be 288 touches over the course of a year. That would be 36% of the 2017 Dallas Cowboys offense. If you predicate 36 of your, 36% of your offensive snaps and, or not snaps, offensive touches on Tavon Austin, then you will go 0 and 16. That's the bottom line because he's 165 pounds of on us. Yeah, actually, you know, you won't go 0 and 16 because he'll die. By the time That's they right. get to, by the time they get to week four or week five, there's no. I love Tavon Austin coming out of college. I still think that he could be a good weapon if you use him the right no, way. Where? Occasionally in jet sweeps or or like, or, <laughs> but like it would be one thing if Stephen Jones was talking about a dozen snaps per game. You know where he's like running a fake jet sweep or some such. Right. If you're talking about a dozen touches per game, then the Cowboys will be the worst offense in the NFL, and it will not be Dak friendly. And by the way, they will be um, terrible. I just want to mention quickly, uh, Stephen Jones mentioned also that he knows they're going to have to pay Dak. They're sort of starting to budget that into yeah. uh, their salary cap in the coming years. Probably next year they're going to have to pay him, I'm guessing, twenty, twenty-four, twenty-five million-ish. No doubt. Um, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I've th- certainly thought about it. Dude, I know you, we've talked about – You said it on up? here. You said it on here. You. Right. What happens if Dak stinks? You said it on here. And when you said it, I was like, man, that's a that's crazy what he just said. But then Patrick Walker of 247 Sports was on too, and he's like, look, if Dak – lays an egg, there's going to be a conversation next year. Are we definitely paying this guy? Well, not only that, but the the Cowboys have already blown the window on doing what the Rams and the Eagles have done with right. their cheap quarterback. There's no one around this man. They cut um, Des Bryant, and I understand why. They got Alan Hearns. Okay, we'll see, but he ain't Des Bryant. They got rid of Ryan Switzer, who was sort of upset that the Cowboys didn't use him properly. He's probably right. But uh, we're getting Zeke back. But, I mean, Zeke Zeke was okay last year, but clearly he had other things on his mind. He missed six yeah. games because of the suspension. He was very good in his rookie season, but then again, so was Dak. So we don't know if the offensive line is going to rebound. The defense is, hasn't been great in a few years. So they've already blown the window on, on making a sort of quote-unquote championship run while uh, Dak Prescott is making $750,000 a year. So they have a lot of work to do, um, regardless of what Zach's future is in just terms of making this team uh, I mean, they won nine games last year. That's fine. But in terms of being a playoff team year in and year out. Yeah. The, the, look, if the, if the Cowboys end up using the rest of their time with Dak Prescott as a cheap quarterback to, to feed the ball to Tavon Austin, then everyone should be fired and, and moved on from. Last Let me one. ask you this. Oh, yeah. Sorry, real quick. Okay. Who's the backup quarterback for, for Dak Prescott without looking? <laughs> I'm looking Cooper Rush. Oh, you know that. Who's that guy? He's uh, out of Central Michigan, I believe. Uh, big, tall, big, tall, redheaded guy. All right, nice. Good yeah. job. Well, he could be the future in Dallas. That's what Patrick Walker insinuated. He's like, people like Cooper Rush. I was like, all well, right. That's why you know. Yeah. Gotcha. Ah, ah, damn it. Shouldn't have given myself away. Um, that is how I know. But I, I think I might have known that anyway. Anyway, um, buy or sell, the Browns are a legitimate wild card contender in the AFC. Uh, friend of the friend, our, our buddy, Mike Clay of ESPN, wrote a story claiming that the Browns are a contender or could be a wild card contender in the AFC. We talked about Baker Mayfield already. I'm buying because I think that Cleveland can make some noise in that conference. I think 
with, if they can shore up the left tackle position and get some protection there for Tyrod Taylor with the weapons they have with Jarvis Landry, Corey Coleman, David Njoku, Carlos Hyde in the backfield along with Nick Chubb, and a better than a defense is better than people think, Cleveland can make a run at the playoffs in 2018. All right, let's do this. Uh, AFC East, Patriots, I'm assuming. Patriots are in, and the other three teams stink. Yeah, we'll just go with the, the winners of the division. So who's going to win the North? The Steelers. All right. Uh, the South is, could be interesting. I will be taking the Titans. Okay, that's fine. I mean, yeah, it could be Titans, could be Jaguars, could be Texans. So we'll say Titans and then the, the West. Chargers, I'm assuming, since Phillip Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have two more teams left. I think that, that one of the teams is coming from the South. So we're, so we're basically picking we, – we have to pick two teams from Baltimore, Cleveland, Houston, Jacksonville, Kansas City. Kansas City maybe Denver. Let's, let's leave Kent, Denver and Oakland out of it. Yeah, Oakland, no way. Okay, so, so Kansas City, Houston, Jacksonville, Cleveland, <laughs> Baltimore. It's in play. It's in play. And we're, I guess we're, we're, not, we're not sold on the Bengals at this point. They're sort of yeah. arrowed down. I don't even know if we're sold on the Ravens, so let's take the Ravens out. So that's three, four teams. So they have a 25% chance. That's amazing. Well, that's, they have a 25% chance. That's good math. I like that. The yeah. Browns have a 25% chance of making the playoffs. No, but I do think that everything has to break right, and Tyrod Taylor has to keep you – know, the, the floor has to be high. Tyrod Hater. Tyrod, yeah, Tyrod <laughs> Taylor has to keep the floor high. They can make a run. It's possible. I don't. I don't know if it's likely – I'll be taking the over on five and a half wins for the Browns next year. I'm sure I'll regret it. But I'd like the Browns to be like somebody that makes some noise in the AFC at least midway through the through, through the season and, and maybe finish a second in the division. And that would be a big win if you're a wow, Browns fan. Second in the division. That would be amazing. They could finish above the Ravens and the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, and look, they could beat the Steelers. It could be, I mean, yeah. Weird things have happened. All right. Sunday night, Monday morning podcast is finished. For Ryan Wilson, I am Will Brinson. We'll be back tomorrow with Jason Locken for us, CBS Sports NFL Insider. Follow Ryan at Ryan Wilson underscore seven. The podcast at Pick Six Pod and me at Will Brinson. Thanks as always for listening.